here we are driving down the street in Moscow. You know, on a work day, 30 million people are in transit in the city of Moscow. That is the population of the state of Texas. 30 million people in cars, on buses, on the metro. It is amazing, and I'm so grateful for GPS because it helps us circumvent a lot of traffic and get where we need to go a lot faster. It also tells us where there are accidents, so we know what to avoid, and it's like the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Romans 8:14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, which means if we'll listen, the Holy Spirit will be the GPS that goes with us everywhere. He'll tell us what to avoid. He'll tell us where to go. He is our GPS if we'll listen to him. And right now, GPS is redirecting us. We're recalculating because we made a mistake. And if you've made a mistake in your life, you can be sure the Holy Spirit is so faithful, he'll help you recalculate to get back on track. And that is what I'm gonna to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner. And as I told you in the introduction to today's program, today we're going to talk about how you can be led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm teaching a brand new series called Recalculating. The subtitle says how to get back on track if you've messed up along the way. And I brought my mobile phone because today so many people use their mobile phones and GPS to find their way while they're driving. And GPS is such a blessing because if you've messed up, it will help you recalculate to get back on track. And isn't it amazing how we depend on and believe in what the GPS tells us with this little phone that we carry in our pockets. But we have the Holy Spirit in our heart, and He's better than GPS. If we've messed up, He knows how to get us back on track. And that's why this series is called Recalculating, How to Get Back on Track If You've Messed Up Along the Way. It's a five-part series that comes with a wonderful study guide so you can read all the information while you're seeing it or while you're hearing the series. And you can order this by going online right now or by giving us a call. And right now we're also offering you a book that I just love. And if you don't have it, please order yours today. It's called The Will of God, The Key to Your Success. The subtitle says, Positioning Yourself to Live in God's Supernatural Power, Provision, and Protection. That's what God wants for you. God wants you to live in His supernatural power, His protection, His provision. All of that belongs to you when you get in the will of God and the Holy Spirit wants to help you get there. And if you were there and you got out of it, then the Holy Spirit wants to help to recalculate to get you back on track. But you can order this today by going online or by giving us a call. And remember that we're here for you. We want to pray for you. If you'll let us know how to pray, we will release our faith for God to do something tremendous in your life. But yesterday, we began this series by looking at Jesus' example of trusting the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And I want to review John chapter 16, verse 13. And then today, we're going to see how you and I can be led 
by the Holy Spirit. So let's go to John chapter 16, verse 13, where Jesus is teaching about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He is getting ready to leave the disciples. For three years, he has led them, he has guided them, he has taught them, and they have trusted him entirely. But now Jesus is leaving. And when you come to John 16, verse 13, he says, Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come. And notice what he calls the Holy Spirit. He calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth, which means he is one that we can trust, one that we can rely on. He is not the spirit of error. He is not the spirit of deception. He's never going to mislead you or misguide you. My friends, Jesus says he is the spirit of truth. And in fact, in John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth three times, trying to drive it into our hearts that we can trust the Holy Spirit. And then he describes a ministry of the Holy Spirit. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth. And yesterday we saw that this word guide is a translation of the Greek word hodega, which was the very word used to describe a tour guide in the ancient world. Just like today, if you visit an ancient site, well, you don't know the site. You don't know what you're looking at. You need a guide who knows the site, who can lead you, can guide you, show you everything. You need someone who knows what's interesting. You need someone to lead you who knows what you should avoid. That's what a tour guide does. And now Jesus says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, the one that you can fully trust, when he has come, he will hodega, he will guide you like a tour guide, which means the Holy Spirit has already been into your future. He knows what lies ahead of you. He knows what you should do. He knows what you should avoid. He knows the longest route you can take. He knows every shortcut that you can take. The Holy Spirit has been there and he knows it all, which means rather than try to figure it out all by ourselves, if we'll let the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth guide us. He will guide us and will get to our destination safer and a lot faster. And the experience will be so pleasurable. But today, now we're going to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 14, a verse that I love so much. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, the Bible says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of of God. But before we get into this verse, I want to read to you Psalm 19, verse 13, which says, Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. And many times we get into trouble and we get off track because we just presume that we know what God wants us to do. And we end up in a mess and that mess takes dominion over us. Then we have to cry out for God to help us recalculate and get back on track. And the good news is, the Holy Spirit will recalculate, and if we've messed up, He'll get us back on track. But if we'll listen to Him to begin with, He will lead us. And that's what we see in John chapter 8, verse 14, which again says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And when you read this in the Greek, the Greek sentence structure is a little bit different. It says, For as many as by the Spirit of God are being led. It puts the Holy Spirit at the first of the verse and us behind the Holy Spirit, almost like we are tagalongs. As many as by the Holy Spirit are 
being led. And the word led in this verse is so very important because it is a form of the Greek word ago. The word ago means to lead, but listen to this. It depicted animals being led by a rope tied around their necks who followed wherever their owners led them. I'm going to give an illustration of this to you in just a moment. Thus, it means to be led. The owner would tug, the owner would pull, and the animal would obediently follow. It means to be led by a gentle tug or a pull, but it also forms the root for the Greek word agon. And the word agon is the Greek word which describes an intense conflict such as a struggle in a wrestling match or a struggle of the human will. And I want to give you several illustrations today about being led by the Holy Spirit. But first, this word ago, the word led, described an animal being led by a rope around its neck. When Denise and I and our family first moved to the former Soviet Union over three decades ago, we lived in a farmhouse on the exterior of a little bitty town, and there was a neighbor, a very elderly woman who had a cow. And every morning I would watch her do the most amazing thing with her cow. She didn't have a lot of grass on her property, so every morning she would wrap a rope around the neck of her cow, and then she would take the dangling in and she would lead the cow. That's the word ago, the word led, that is used in this very verse. It is an agricultural term, which means to lead an animal with a rope. And she would walk that cow down the street and usually would stop in our front yard. Then she would reach into her pocket, pull out a stake, hammer the stake into the ground and wrap the dangling end of the rope around that stake. She'd slap that old cow on the side, say, see you later, and she'd go home. And the cow would stay where it was led. That was amazing to me. That big cow, first of all, followed that little woman. And that was amazing to me because the cow was so big and so strong, it could have knocked her flat. But it just obediently followed. And when she led it to its spot, the cow stayed where it was led. The cow was so strong, it could have pulled the stake out of the ground and run off. But the cow stayed where it was led. And I would look at that every day in wonder. And one day I asked a local person, what's with the cow? Why doesn't the cow just knock her flat and do it at once? Why does the cow stay where it is led? And the local person said to me, that cow was trained to follow since the time that it was young. And it has followed and followed and followed and followed. It's been trained to follow and to obey. Well, I knew that all of that in Greek was the word ago here in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. As many as by the Spirit of God are being led, and it pictures you and me tagging behind the Holy Spirit. He's out front. He has the end of a dangling rope. He's tugging. He's pulling, trying to lead us in a right direction, and our job is to follow him. And when he finally leads us somewhere, we are to stay where we are led. Wow. But it's very interesting. It describes a gentle pull, a gentle tug, which means most often the leading of the Holy Spirit is a gentle tug. It's a pull on your heart. It's a sensation that you're to do something or to not do something. It's not always a bolt of lightning. It's usually just a gentle tug or a pull on your heart 
or on your spirit. And when the Holy Spirit leads us somewhere, we can trust him because he is the spirit of truth and we need to stay where he leads us. But this word led, the Greek word ago, also forms the word agon, which describes this intense conflict such as a wrestling match and it pictures a wrestle of the human will. And we find that when the Holy Spirit tries to lead us, our spirits understand. Our spirit says, yes, I know that's the Lord trying to lead me, but our mind may not understand what we're being led to do. And a fight occurs between the mind and the spirit. Which part is going to win? And today I'm going to give you a personal illustration. Many years ago, Denise and I were in the city of Chicago. And I was one of the speakers at a big meeting and was so excited to be there and to see all of our friends. And by that time, we were already living in the former Soviet Union, so we didn't get to see our friends very often. And that day, I went and spoke in the morning sessions. And in the afternoon, Denise and I went back to our hotel and we laid down to take a little nap. And as we were laying there, I suddenly became so distressed in my spirit, just disturbed. And I felt an impression that I was to stay in the hotel room for the rest of the day and miss the meeting that night. And I kept thinking, why would the Holy Spirit be impressing me to stay in the hotel room? There's nothing to do in the hotel room. There's going to be a grand and glorious meeting. I want to be there and I want to see all of our friends. Why would the Holy Spirit be impressing me to stay in the hotel room? And I said to Denise, I don't know what this is, but I just feel a tug in my heart that the Lord today wants me to stay in the room and to skip the evening service. And Denise said, well, Rick, you better do whatever you feel impressed to do. But I couldn't understand it. And there was such a wrestling, a gone, that's that word, between my spirit and my head. I knew in my heart I was to stay in the room. My head said, why would God want you to stay in the room? So I struggled with this and tossed one way and another way as I was taking my nap. And finally, I said, you know, I'm just going to shake this off. I'm going to the meeting. I'm so excited to be in the meeting tonight. And as I got dressed, the whole time I was getting dressed, I kept feeling that same tug. Don't leave this room. Don't leave this room. But my mind did not understand. So I shoved it aside. And finally, I continued getting ready to go to the evening meeting. There was a little knock at our door. I said, I'll be there in a moment. But by the time I got to the door and opened the door, there was no one outside our door. So eventually, I went down to get into the car. And Denise came. We got into the car. and We began driving across the city of Chicago to our meeting. And the whole way we were en route to that meeting, I kept thinking, I need to be in the hotel room. But why does the Holy Spirit want me to be in the hotel room? And I said to Denise, sweetheart, I'm trying to shake this and I can't seem to shake this. I think this car needs to turn around and take me back to the hotel room. She said, well, Rick, you better do whatever you're impressed to do. And I said, but it makes no sense to me. No, no, no. Let's just go on to the meeting. I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until that driver got involved in the conversation and said, Mr. Renner, if you want me to turn around, I'll take you back to the room. And by this time, I was a little embarrassed because I seemed like I was a double-minded man. Stay in the room, go to the meeting. Stay in the room, go to the meeting. And finally, I said, no, we're just going to go to the meeting. We got to the meeting. 
walked in the back door of the church, saw all of our friends, drank a little coffee, had some fellowship. And as they all turned to walk into the auditorium for the evening service, I said to Denise, I don't know why, but I cannot go into that meeting tonight. I have to go back to the hotel. I'm supposed to be in the hotel room. I just know it. There's a tug on my spirit, a pull on my spirit, an impression that I need to be in the hotel room. I don't know why, but I have to go back. So she kissed me goodbye, and I waved farewell to all of my friends as they walked into the auditorium. And I got back in the car and said to the driver, well, let's go back to the hotel. And on the way back to the hotel, I remembered that I was going to miss my dinner because after the service, they were all going to share a meal together. So I said to the driver, pull into this fast food restaurant. And I went in and ordered some fries, got me a burger. And when I came out of the fast food restaurant, I realized we needed some toothpaste. And there was a convenience store. So I walked over to the convenience store. And because we lived in the former Soviet Union where there were not a lot of convenience stores, I decided I'd just stroll around and take a look and see what was in the store. And finally, I meandered back to the car after quite a bit of time and said to the driver, let's go back to the hotel. When I walked in the front door of the hotel, the person walking behind the registration desk said, why are you back so early? Isn't the meeting taking place? And I didn't know what to say. Was I going to say, um, I felt a tug on my heart that I'm supposed to be in the hotel room. So instead, I just spoke with that person for a few minutes and finally walked over to the elevator, pushed the button, went up to our second floor, walked down the hallway to our room. And when I got to the door of our room, the door was cracked open. I pushed the door open. And when I went into our room, I could not believe what I saw. It looked like a hurricane had come through our room. Our suitcases were open. We didn't open them. Clothes were literally thrown all over the room. I looked over at the desk where my computer had been and my briefcase that had my passport and my residence permits and all my important documents and my computer. My computer was gone. The bag was gone. My passport was gone. All my documents were gone. And then I looked over the other side of the room and I saw the bag where Denise kept her jewelry. It was open and all of the jewelry was gone except for the cheap plastic costume jewelry. And I stood in the middle of my room with all those clothes thrown all around me in disarray. And it finally hit me. We've been robbed. I don't know if you've ever been robbed, but it's quite stunning when you realize you've been robbed. And I looked around the room and I saw Denise's jewelry was gone. My computer was gone that had five new books in it that I was writing that I had no copies of. My passport gone, my documents gone, clothes thrown all over the place. And when I stood there saying to myself, we've been robbed. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, now you know why I tried to get you to stay in the room tonight. You see, the Holy Spirit's a tour guide. 
He's already been in the future. He knows everything that's going to happen down the path. He's already been there. If we'll listen to him, he'll show us what to avoid. But I did not listen because my mind was struggling with the leading that I felt in my heart. I said yes to my mind, denied what was in my heart. And when I came back to the room, I finally figured out why the Holy Spirit wanted me to stay in the room that night. He knew someone was going to break into our room. And if I had been there, it would not have happened. And in fact, if I had stayed and Denise had come home from the meeting that night, it would have been a peaceful night in the room. And I probably would have said to Denise, nothing happened. I don't know why the Lord wanted me to be in the room. Maybe I missed it. And that's when I realized there have been many, many times we have obeyed the leading of the Lord and nothing happened because we obeyed. But because we obeyed, we were able to circumvent something that had been planned against us. But my friends, the Holy Spirit wants to be out front. And usually when he leads us, it's a gentle pull. It's a gentle tug on our hearts. But our mind and our spirit goes into our wrestling match. And we have to learn to submit our mind to our spirits so the Holy Spirit can lead us. He's the spirit of truth. He's only going to tell us what we need to know for our own benefit. I'll be back in just a moment. And I want to pray for you. When we're driving down the road on our way to a destination, sometimes we can get lost. But with the help of a GPS, we're able to quickly get back on track and avoid catastrophes along the way. How did we ever live before the days of GPS? But even better than GPS, we have the Holy Spirit inside. And He is the best GPS that ever existed. If you feel you've gotten off track and lost your way, the Holy Spirit knows exactly how to help you recalculate to get back on track again. In this five-part series, Recalculating, How to Get Back on Track If You've Messed Up Along the Way, Rick Renner covers Jesus' example of trusting the leadership of the Holy Spirit, learning to listen to the Holy Spirit, six signals to help you be led by the Holy Spirit, five points to help keep you on track, practical help in recalculating to get back on track, Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10, this series will help you learn how to get back on track and stay on track. In addition to this teaching series, you can also get the books, The Will of God, The Key to Your Success. In this book, Rick will show you step-by-step how to identify God's will and how to get started on the path to fulfill it. This book can be yours for only $17. Don't miss this special offer, the five-part series we calculate and the book, The Will of God, The Key to Your Success. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends and partners, this is Rick Renner. You can probably see my breath because it's minus nine here right now, but I'm standing in the new building for our Moscow TV studio. And I want to say thank you to you for all of your sacrificial giving, for being a part of our giving team. Phase one enabled us to construct this building and it is completely paid for. The building itself, the windows, the doors, all the way to the roof, even the heating system. And in phase one, we were enabled to purchase our building in Tulsa and now we have secured it. 
But now in phase two, we need to finish the interior of this building. We can't move into it the way that it is today. But my friends, in a very short time, we're going to have cameras working in this building and from this location. We're going to be sending teaching that people can trust to the ends of the planet. And the focus of phase two is finishing this facility. And as I told you before, it's not about buildings. It's about having a building so that we can create programming that will change people's lives. And I'm asking you to please pray about being a part of the giving team to finish phase two, which is completing the interior of this building. And I promise you, we will be so careful with every penny and every dollar you give. We understand the value of money. And we're going to pray for God to magnificently and massively multiply your giving back to you again. Thank you so much. Please become a part of our giving team to finish phase two as we complete the interior of the Moscow TV studio. My friend, today we've been talking about recalculating. When we make a mistake, let's let the Holy Spirit recalculate to get us back on track. We all carry mobile phones, and if we listen to the GPS in our mobile phone, it will guide us correctly to avoid catastrophe, accidents. It will give us the quickest route to get where we need to go. That's why we trust the GPS. And if we trust a telephone, how much more should we trust the Holy Spirit? And my friend, if the Holy Spirit tried to lead you, but you messed up, he wants to help recalculate to get you back on track. And that's why I want you to order my brand new series called Recalculating, how to get back on track if you've messed up along the way. And we all mess up along the way, but the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and he is so faithful. He'll recalculate. He'll figure out a way to get us back where we need to be. And that's what this wonderful brand new series is about. And it comes with a study guide. And right now we're also offering you my book called The Will of God, The Key to Your Success. The subtitle says, Positioning yourself, positioning yourself to live in God's supernatural power, provision, and protection. You can live in it when you get in the will of God. This book will thrill you and it will help you do God's will for your life. And please remember that if you need prayer, we want to hear from you so we can put our prayers together with you for whatever it is that you're facing in your life right now. But let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Help us learn how to follow his leadership. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you know how to get us where we need to go the fastest way and the safest route. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. But remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, 
we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity. 